0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Cash It. I'm Howard Bender, Adam is by my side. Adam, what's going on, man? How you doing today?
1: Uh, Doing good. Busy time. A lot going on right now. This is an insane. March is always, I always say March and August are the two busiest months. And then it's crazier because, you know, obviously I'm deep into NBA, fantasy baseball drafts, and the real drafts are coming up. Already done some real ones, but, you know, the big ones now over the next couple weeks with the season two weeks away, World Baseball Classic, I think you're going to start to see some juice there as we get further, NCAA Tournament, uh NFL free agency, so it's just an insane time right now.
0: Yeah, it really is. Are you are you into the NCAA Tournament? Like, I don't know shit about college basketball. Like, people ask me stuff, I'm like, listen, there's a reason that I always have Dan Servadillo on the show, or today I've got... You know, because we're recording on Wednesday. Uh, My friend Jason Lisk, who works over for team rankings, he's going to pop by. I I just I defer. I don't know shit about college
1: hoops. You No, I'm not an expert. I just over the years, I follow it less and less uh, just because, you know, I'm so deep into the NBA. So Mm -hmm. it's been difficult. So, you know, I'll follow it. It's going to be tough this weekend, though, to watch all of it because uh, drafts and tout wars and everything. So. Um, uh, I'll definitely follow it, but it's going to be difficult to watch everything. I mean, it's really nice uh, to kind of have it on TV while you work uh, throughout the day, but um, I'll probably be out most of the day on Friday and Saturday.
0: That's right. I forgot it's Tout Wars weekend coming up this weekend. It's so weird that I'm not going to be there. And like, I'm just and I've already I finished my Tout Wars draft and hold draft already. So. You know, there's there's nothing for me for this weekend, and I'm not doing all the broadcasts are going to be local in New York, so um, I won't be doing that at all. Um, the league that you're in is which one?
1: Mixed option? Uh, no, I'm not. I've already drafted my Tower's team.
0: Oh, all right. So you're just broadcasting that?
1: Yes, and um, that's right. Yeah, Saturday, and then the NFBC I was supposed to be in Sunday, but they uh, canceled this Sunday. And now I'm probably not going to be able to do the auction because the auction's Friday at 9 a.m. and um, I have work obligations, so I can't be there. So I'm going to hope to be at a main event on Saturday at 2 p.m. I'm going to have to rush from the Tout Wars broadcast to the NFBC draft to do the main event.
0: Okay. All right. Damn. Busy, busy, busy for you. I am. I don't know, man. I think I'm gonna sit and fart around this whole weekend. I'll watch the World Baseball Classic. I'm not. I'm not into the the tournament. I don't even. I, I, I think I filled out a bracket uh, only because SiriusXM was like, "What's your final four and your final and your and your pick for the winner for whatever graphic they they want to do." But I was like, ah. I was like, "All right, here you go. Here here's my uh my my bracket," which. I mean, literally, you know, every time somebody tries to get me into an NCAA pool for the practice, I'm like, what? why don't you just take my my 25 or 50 bucks and uh, and just go and, just, you know, or just piss on it, put it in the street and take a whiz on it, because that's probably about where you're at there. I have uh, no uh, no belief whatsoever in, in any of my picks. I just don't watch it. I just don't watch college basketball enough uh, to make that happen. The World Baseball Classic um, definitely like you said, getting a little bit more juice in on that just because I mean tonight's game is gonna be uh is gonna be fantastic. Again, we're recording Wednesday, March the 15th. And this is um Puerto Rico versus Dominican Republic. And this is actually a winner win, you know, winner advances, loser goes home for this one. So it's a very tough group here, uh, to say the least. Or I don't even know if there's like another way for for both teams to get in or to advance any further. So should be very, very interesting to see how this game pans out. I was actually running a a mock draft and uh, Joel Pinheiro, uh, former Seattle Mariners uh, pitcher, um, he was actually going to do the mock draft and then he realized that it was Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. He's like, I can't do the draft anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, it's, it's totally cool. I totally get it. Um, no worries at all. So that'll be a fun one to watch there. And then I'll probably just kind of catch up with it on uh, on, on the weekend and, and do that. Or I might, I might, I might, Adam, I might just take it easy on myself. Maybe I, maybe I don't do any sports this entire weekend. I, I think that'll lo- uh, that'll fly with the peoples. No, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, college hoops, world baseball classic, tout wars drafts, uh, NFL free agency has been, um, you know, I mean, crazy, hectic. I, you know, I don't know how closely you're, um, locking into it just because you have so much going on with the NBA as well. And I don't have anything going on with the NBA. So I've kind of been locked in, not to mention the fact that, you know, this Aaron Rodgers nonsense with the jets is just, I mean, it's really just, uh, it's, it's sticking me. And it's like a, like a thorn in my side the entire time. Uh, very, very upset about it. Why? I just, I, I don't want, I don't want the media circus. I don't want I don't want all of this shit. I mean, look at what's going on with the Jets right now. We can't go into the season with Zach Wilson. Mike White signed with Miami. Uh, Derek Carr is with the Saints. There's no other quarterbacks who are really legitimate quarterbacks are available. Um, Aaron Rodgers has dragged this shit on, you know, long enough. The Packers uh, continue to drag this shit on long enough. So now there are no quarterbacks available at all. And basically, the Packers are going to price gouge the the Jets, and they're going to try and demand you know multiple first round picks in order to make this trade. And I don't know, man. I listen. Do I think Aaron Rodgers makes our team better in comparison to Zach Wilson? Hundred percent, hundred percent. But the the nonstop media circus, the constant back and forth, the bullshit, the fact that we could end up mortgaging first round picks multiple first round picks to get a guy who is past his prime. I don't see him taking us to the promised land. I don't see him out dueling guys like Josh Allen or out dueling uh, Pat Mahomes. I, I mean, I even think that the jets might have trouble with it with a team like, like the freaking Jaguars who look fantastic for, for the upcoming season. Like to me, the juice is not worth the squeeze here with Aaron Rodgers, And it's just, You know, we went through this with with Brett Favre and and him using the Jets as leverage to go to Minnesota because the Packers didn't want to deal him like within the division, like all of this nonsense. I mean, to me, this is just this is more aggravation than it really needs to be uh, needs to be worth. And and I was watching, um, you know, yes, I I got fish hooked into watching this stupid Pat McAfee show this afternoon to just kind of see what was being said. And basically there was, there was nothing said it was Aaron Rodgers saying, yeah, I think I want to still play more. That's what I, that's what it hit me when I came out of the darkness. Um, but please jets vans, I have nothing to do with these negotiations at all. So um, you know, the, the, the Adam, he told Adam Schefter to lose his number because the uh, the wish list was apparently not true, or at least Rogers is denying that wish list being true, and um, you know, it's just ugh, ugh is is what I have to say about it. I just he's he's not going to be. It's not going to be worth mortgaging first round draft picks for a guy who, I mean, what? He's got another year or two left in him, and then, is that going to bring us to the promised land? No, definitely not. I don't know if the Packers have much leverage here. I don't think they have much leverage either. I mean, but what are they going to do? They're going to – they can't – they're not going to cut him out, right? Are they? Is there a cap hit?
1: Probably there is, yeah. Because um, uh, he has a $58.3 million bonus that's due no later than week one of the season. Okay. So if they trade him before June 1st, they absorb $40.3 million in dead money. If they trade him before June 1st or after June 1st? Before.
0: So then, what's the what's the what's the point in trading them then?
1: Well, that's they're saying that the Packers can wait this out. That's the other thing too. The, he's going to be a Jet though. It's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear. And what are we going okay, to? So, but if you don't want Aaron Rodgers, then what do you want the Jets to do?
0: Oh no, no, no! I mean, I, I, we're gonna we're stuck with Aaron Rodgers. We're stuck negotiating. That's the problem. Is that there's nothing available right now. There's nothing out there. We don't have any other choices. We don't have any other choices but to pay what the Packers are asking for, and that's that's what I think the big problem is because this whole sh- all this shit got dragged out, and and Rogers was like you know he dragged it out for his own personal gain, um, he dragged out you know the Packers are going to drag this shit out, and then what are the Jets going to do? They don't have any other options. There are none. There, there, there's literally, there are no other options around them for the NFL. Every other freaking quarterback, maybe, maybe, maybe Teddy Bridgewater's available. Do I want fucking Teddy Bridgewater at the Jets? No, I don't. But I don't want to give up two first rounders for, for Aaron Rodgers.
1: I don't think they're going to have to.
0: I hope not, dude. I hope not. Meanwhile, I got Jim Bowden whining and crying on the show that your Cowboys uh, haven't done anything on offense. They've, they've shored up the defense, which is great, but they still have no fucking weapons.
1: Yeah. I mean, it looks like they're cutting Zeke, so that'll free up some money, but yeah, they need to get a wide receiver. So whether it's through free agency, a trade or the draft, they definitely need to upgrade the offense.
0: Yeah. Well, Stefan Diggs taken off the table. He restructured his deal with the bills so that he can stay there. I know that was a, a player. Um, what do you think you would have to give up in order to get DeAndre Hopkins?
1: You know, I don't even know if I want Hopkins at this point. I think he's getting close to being, you know, he's an older receiver. He wasn't great last year towards the end. I don't know. I, I don't want to give up much for him. I'd rather get someone else if they have to give up a lot for him. Do
0: you have any players in mind that you want to see?
1: Um, I I probably in the draft, I think they could draft a receiver. Maybe Odell Beckham is a guy that seems that they're in on. Don't know if that's going to work out either.
0: I don't even know if they're they're in on him. They didn't even go see his workout.
1: Yeah. And they kind of shot away from him last year too. Yeah. I think they, they, there's something about OBJ that it's not sitting well with Dallas. It's a bad free agent market for wide receivers. That's the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Juju Smith-Schuster just signed with the Patriots today. Yeah, and he's not even that good. No, he's not. I mean, this was – and that was the big problem for the Jets also is that this wasn't even a good year for free agent quarterbacks. Horrible year.
1: Horrible. So – The Jets just need – you know, I know Aaron Rodgers wasn't great last year. He did play through a thumb injury, but they don't even need the Aaron Rodgers MVP level. They just need a competent quarterback that can just keep the offense moving. I mean, you saw how bad it was last year with their quarterback situation and how great the defense was. But the other problem is the AFC is so tough. That is the problem. You have so many good teams in the AFC, whereas in the NFC, you don't. It's more wide open there. Yeah,
0: oh, I definitely agree with that, which is why, I mean, like, you know, all these... All these idiots who are, I was arguing with, uh, with Salfino, Michael Salfino on, uh, on Twitter yesterday, because I was just like, this is just, this is a, a crock of shit. This is terrible. And he's sitting there, he starts, you know, he's telling me that, uh, you know, jet fans don't understand. And he did the math and this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, your math is fucking ridiculous. It's not true. You can't sit there and talk about how many wins Aaron Rodgers is worth. Uh, when he's playing for the Packers versus what he would be worth playing for the Jets. It just doesn't like football shit doesn't translate like that. And, and so, you know, he's going off on it. And, and I was like, at one point I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's just agree to disagree just like we did when you were fucking telling me that Adam Gase was a decent coach and the Jets were going to be fine with Adam Gase. I was like, so what kind of fucking bullshit is that? unreal and and i just think that i think that that there are just there are delusional people out there who think that aaron Rodgers in a jets uniform puts us on track for the super bowl
1: Uh, makes them a better team obviously because their quarterback play was atrocious last year and Uh they don't need again they don't need aaron Rodgers of five years ago at the mvp level they just need a quarterback that's going to manage the offense keep the offense moving not turn it over. And that's one thing about Rogers. He's always been good at protecting the football, not turning it over. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm not saying that it's not going to be an improvement. It'll, it has to be an improvement. It couldn't get any worse than what our, uh, what our QB situation was last year. But, I mean, are we saying that that's, like, automatically going to translate to the playoffs? No, it's not. Um, not when you're dealing with like the Bengals, the Bills, the 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 Chiefs, uh, even the Chargers are going to be better. Dolphins. Dolphins. Um, you know, the Patriots always have our fucking number no matter what. That's always a problem for us to scrape out wins there. The Jaguars are getting better. That's another team that you have to look at as uh, as as possible contenders for a a playoff spot. I don't know about the Vegas Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo over there, but like you said, it's so tough. The grind in the AFC is so much tougher than it is that, you know, even with the improvement at QB, I think you need Aaron Rodgers to be vintage MVP Aaron Rodgers in order to to make it to the fucking Super Bowl.
1: Kills uh, them. Yeah. I mean, asking him for the Super Bowl. That's lofty expectations, but he makes them a better team. I mean, that defense was phenomenal last year and they would have won a lot more games had they had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback last year.
0: Yeah, I look I very much look forward to our 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 first round playoff exit. Super excited about that.
1: Fuck. OK, so Jets fans who are never yeah. competitive are now going to bitch if they make the playoffs. It's so funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not bitching about making the playoffs. I'm just bitching about the way that we're going about it right now.
1: I mean, I, I don't, what do you want them to do? I mean, they, you can't just sign Rodgers. He's not a free agent. No,
0: we should have been, we should have been more active. Listen, I think we would have been just as fine with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. I think we would have been just as fine with Derek Carr under center. Both of those guys make the Jets better than they right. were and
1: last they've year. They've done so well in their previous stints.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo's winning record is winning percentage yeah. is pretty okay. fucking good, dude. Yeah, and why? Why was it good? Because of the rest of the 49ers around him. Yes. So, you're, you're we're we're saying the same thing about the Jets. Great defense, have, great the, offensive line. The, Garrett Wilson. Same,
1: do they have the same weapons that San Francisco had?
0: No, they don't have the same weapons that uh. San Francisco has. But but you're at least you're surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo with a, a rock solid team.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I still I think he was just in the right system.
0: Um, I think he was in the right system as well. I definitely do. But we also know that Robert Sale. Uh, is is employing that same system that Kyle Shanahan uh, implements over there at uh, in San Francisco? Oh, oh! Now because we've got Nathaniel Hackett, the guy who couldn't fucking coach his way out of a paper bag, and now he's our uh, he's our offensive coordinator. So you give you give Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, and Alan Lazard, and suddenly we're going to the fucking playoffs of the Super Bowl.
1: <sighs> Come on. Come on. And, and you. so you would feel more confident that the team would go to the Super Bowl with Garoppolo.
0: No, I'm saying that we are equally. Probable to e- our, our chances are equal, whether it was Carr, whether it was Garoppolo or whether it's Aaron Rodgers. I think our, our chances of being in the Super Bowl are probably at about equal. I don't think Rodgers is very good anymore. Uh, he doesn't want to get hit at all. He doesn't run. He's not mobile. Um, I, I just I, I don't think that I don't think that he moves the needle much more than a guy like Carr or a guy like Garoppolo does.
1: Uh, Garoppolo has a very difficult time staying healthy. So you're talking about quarterbacks that don't want to get hit. He can't stay on the field and Carr is mediocre.
0: Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is mediocre right now.
1: He's he this will be the best set of weapons he's had in years. Yeah.
0: Well, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't, he has
1: not had good wide receivers. I don't know.
0: Does he, does he have really that great set of weapons? Um, we don't know what Brees Hall is going to be like coming off of the ACL injury. Uh, we just signed at you know Alan Lazard, uh, because that's what, you know, apparently everybody thinks Rogers is going to get. And he gets, uh, and he, and he gets Garrett Wilson. And I like, I mean, the more. dude had Devontae Adams for years and years and years. So you're going to say that this is is a significant upgrade in weaponry?
1: First of all, he had Devontae Adams. That was the only receiver he had. What did he have last year? Two rookie receivers. Two inexperienced receivers. No tight end. He didn't have anything. And he played with a bad thumb.
0: And he played with a bad thumb. Listen, I, I, you know, again, I, well, I mean, we, we can agree to disagree. I, you know, and the proof will be at the end of the season when we see what happens with the Jets.
1: But, well, what's the proof? If they don't get to the Super Bowl, then you're fucking right. I mean, come on. That's ludicrous. There's no, no proof. No. What, what is how, the end game? Let's see
0: here? how the team plays. Let's see how the team plays. Let's see if they make the playoffs. If they do make the playoffs, let's see what the draw is like. I'm not going to sit here and pass any judgment and I'm not going to turn around and say that I was right and everybody else was wrong until I see what happens, because I'll tell you what, if we make the playoffs and we get bounced in the first round, can we say that legitimately having Aaron Rodgers was that much better than having Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? I I mean, we'll just we're going to have to wait and see. Um. You know, I'm not going to sit there and like, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in week three. I'm not going to sit there and turn around and take a victory lap over it. I'm just going to say flat out. I mean, listen, this is this is what it is. This is what the Jets have. This is the bed that they have now made for themselves. They're going to have to lie in it and we'll see what happens. I'm just not going to sit here and say that Aaron Rodgers is all of a sudden going to be the difference maker that the Jets have needed all this time.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Carr or Garoppolo were either. I mean, Carr's had one season of 30 touchdowns. I mean, he was supposed to be great last year, right? Oh, Adams, Waller, Renfro, Jacobs had a great year. 24 touchdowns in 15 games.
0: Well, I mean, that was also a terrible, like, I mean, he just couldn't figure out that fucking offense that Josh McDaniels was running. 14 interceptions each of the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both both sitting there with, with Josh McDaniels. And an overcomplicated offense that he was obviously too dumb to figure out. That's why they went out and got Jimmy Garoppolo because at least Garoppolo knows, uh, you know, and has experience with McDaniel's system and knows what he wants to do. I'm willing to bet that that Garoppolo has a better showing in Vegas than Carr has over the last two seasons with
1: McDaniel's. I'd say I that. I mean, it's not—it's not, it's not a case. high bar. It's not a high bar to clear.
0: <laughs> no, it's definitely not. It's also not a high bar to set that the Jets are going to have improved quarterback play with Aaron Rodgers on their team, because <laughs> last year was disgusting. Yeah, it was terrible. Horrible, dude. Horrible. Um, all right, we've spent far much, far too much time on offseason football right now for me. I'm so disgusted by this whole thing. I'm so disgusted with it. So bad. Let's talk – can we talk a little MLB? Can we talk some fantasy baseball? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk some fantasy baseball. Let's start off here. What we're going to do is for uh, – because we've been covering – we did middle infield last week, corner infield the week before that, catchers the week before that. We're getting down to crunch time here. So let's just – let's talk outfield, starting pitching. And we can talk closers too because, I mean, it's just – the nature of the beast, and people are gonna have some serious drafts coming up here uh this weekend and uh, and the weekend after. I can't believe it's almost March 30th, almost the start of the season, dude. That's super super exciting. Um, let's start in the outfield and uh and, and let's talk about it. How are you uh how are you handling your outfield uh in drafts this year so far?
1: Um, I don't have a set plan for it. I know people are like, especially in 15 team leagues, oh, the outfield's real thin, you gotta get them early. Look, early on, I'm worried about getting the best players and the best stats. I don't care. Uh So there'll be some drafts where I'll have two or three outfielders in the first six, seven rounds. There'll be other drafts where I have one Um, labor. I did not spend a lot in the outfield. I spent on two players a Rosarena and Eloy Jimenez. Then I got a bunch of of cheap players. And that's a 12 team league because I allocated more money to the infield just the way it worked out. So Um, yeah. Is it, is it thin in a 15 team league where you got to start five outfielders? No question about it. But I also think there's going to be more players available on waivers in the outfield. So it's top heavy. You got your studs early on. Then as you go, you're like, Oh boy, there's a lot of question marks here. So, um, I'm not worried about like, Oh, I have to get three outfielders in the first nine rounds. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I think people are paying too much attention to positional scarcity in the first few rounds. I mean, get the stats, man. If you have to get two shortstops in the first four or five rounds, do it, (laughs) just do it. You want to get the stats. So fine. You're, you're going to be great at middle infielder um, compared to everyone else. All right, fine. You're a little thin in the outfield, but I think more players become available on waivers in the outfield. There'll be injuries. There's obviously a lot of platoons when you look later on, but um, I'm not going to have it in my mind that I have to get, you know, three, four outfielders early. I'm trying to remember now because I did a did an NFBC online championship on uh what was it? Friday night. It was a last minute day. That's a 12-team league. So that's a little
0: different. Oh, didn't I call that? Didn't I say that on the last episode? That what? That you were gonna jump into another draft. You were like, Yeah, I don't have anything for a little while. And I was like, You're jumping into something else. You're gonna, you're gonna do it.
1: Um, well, I was. I was asked uh, to do it. So I said, okay. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I did start out.
0: You can't just admit that I was right. Okay.
1: I can't. Um, I started that draft with two outfields actually Uh, picking seven, Kyle Tucker fell. And I was surprised. I was like, Oh shit. Click the button and uh, Mike Trout in round two. Um, Oh, uh,
0: that that's disrespectful.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we all know the deal with Trout, right? But when he's on the field, man, I mean, he did steal a base in the WBC, too. Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but Trout, even if he plays 120, 130 games, going to put up sick numbers. So I started two outfielders. I didn't get my third one until round 13. So, again, I'm not really – and that's a 12-team league. But, yeah, I mean, look, there's some some decent outfielders late that you can get. So um, I'm not really – worried too worried about it uh i'm gonna take the best players early and like i said it might be three outfielders in the first nine rounds if not i'll figure it out
0: i mean let's let's look at some tiers because i think what what happens is is that you look at it and you just look at the look at the, the top outfielders acuna julio rodriguez judge soto tucker alvarez trout mookie Betts. like you know right over there i mean that's i mean I think Trout's a first rounder still. So, I mean, other if other people aren't going to think that way, then, you know, so be it. Let them be uh, morons about it. But I, I think, so those eight, I think, are, are all first round picks, all of them. And and I think that that's probably where everybody kind of freaks out about it. I think that there is definitely a drop off. After you get past that, you go from that top 10, you know, and think about, you know, Lewis Robert, Michael Harris, Schwarber- a Rosarina Mullins, like, you know, in that top 15, Eloy, then you're talking like a Dallas Garcia. So all of a sudden now there's a, there's a drop off after the top 10 or the top eight or nine. And then you've got, you know, another drop off, I would say, like right after the top 20, you know, when you start looking at guys like Kwan, Seiya Suzuki, um, you know Tyler O'Neill, Santander, Stanton, McCarthy, Castellanos. like you know I'm 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 comfortable with guys in in that range there. Um <clears throat> beyond that like who is your who if you didn't take a, a third outfielder until round 13 you said who's your outfielder? Ian Happ. Okay. Which you know I have him 33rd in my in my rankings for the outfield. Yeah, so he's that's solid. not bad. That's not he, bad that he lasted that long.
1: Yeah, he's he's a solid outfielder, man. Um, you know, uh, little pop. He stole nine bases last year. Um, improved that average. So, a Suzuki, I like a lot. It's the injury, man. He fell to the thirteenth round of this draft. He's going to obviously miss some time begin the year, but he really improved. Uh, late in the season, he was a guy I was going to be targeting like round seven, round eight. And obviously I have to back off a little bit now, but I still might be interested in him at the right price. Like I think, um, well, I know we we're going to like, I know we're going to do pitching after, but Joe Musgrove to me has fallen way too far, bro. Like I took him in this draft in round 10 as my third starter. It doesn't sound like he's going to miss much time. It's a toe injury. It's not an arm. So, you know, some of these uh, injured guys are going to be a little bit of a bargain, but I also don't like to go into the season with already, I think you could do it with one player. You don't want to do it multiple because you know more injuries are going to come to your team. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm I'm definitely, even if you're talking about, I mean, if it's a 12-team league with unlimited IL spots, well then, you know, yeah, then I'll grab, I'll grab uh, Musgrove, I'll grab Tyler Glass now. You know, if I if I know that there's not like a huge issue and these guys, you know, could be back, you know, sooner than later. Uh I'm fine with doing that. But yeah, I've never been one of those guys who like you know drafts the injured player um just to stash him away. So I I get you on that one there. So give me some some mid-tier outfielders who you find yourself, you know, kind of landing on. Obviously, you know, it's always every draft is different and whatever, but Once you get to those middle rounds, there's always like certain names that just pop more for you uh, based on where you are in your draft.
1: Yeah, I think Lars Newbar is interesting for the Cardinals. Um, I think uh, Lourdes Gurriel. Riley Green, I haven't drafted yet, but I see he's been having a pretty good spring. Um, I think Austin Meadows has a bounce back. Garrett Mitchell. Milwaukee, I know he was dealing with a little bit of a hamstring. Oscar Colos from the White Sox, uh, he's got to win the job first. Um, I think Jesse Winker could have a good year in Milwaukee. Um, I'm willing to take a chance on Jared Kelnick. Um, price really hasn't gone up too much. Uh, I just I just wrote up on on that about Kelnick being a post
0: type sleeper. The articles at FantasyAlarm.com. I did a um a, a debate with uh, with James Grande. Uh, and I took the pro Jared Kelnick. I love me a post-type sleeper, man. When everybody's off of a guy like that, I love it. Although yeah, this hot it, spring, everybody's like suddenly bringing him back. I know
1: like because this price has definitely gone up. Uh I'm trying to think where did he – I'm trying to find where he went in this draft. I know I got him in a draft champions recently, uh, but that was like – he went in round 17 of a 12-team league. Look, and I'm, that's fine, man, because – you're not investing much, man. In the 12-team league, too, I will say this. I think we spoke about it. Yeah, we did. It was uh, one of the sound bites. But in the 12-team league, man, you're going to make more cuts. You have to be quick. There's always going to be more players available on waivers. So it's not a big investment around 17 for Kelnick. Um, If it doesn't work out, you quickly move on. Um, I like Jake Fraley in Cincinnati. Little power, little speed, great park. Um uh, even later, Jorge Soler. I think uh, we could see the power from him. Uh, he can uh-huh. bounce back. Uh, Manny Margot, I like. Uh, let's see, T.J. Friedel from Cincinnati, and uh, Oswaldo Cabrera from your Yankees. I'm really wondering what,
0: because if you look at the outfield's for like the Reds, the Royals, um. You know, even I mean, even the Brewers' right field is still not, you know, not settled yet, and we're wondering about whether or not Sal Freelich is gonna, uh, you know, break camp with the big club. I mean, I, it's very interesting that you know you, you you point out guys like Friedel and Fraley because, you know, the question is is are they gonna see the at bats that you want, and and then the, because then you have to look in and say. Well, does Cincinnati or Kansas City, do they have anybody to bring in to play those spots? And unfortunately, I don't think either team has anything really much behind it.
1: Yeah, I think you'll see those guys get playing time. I mean, it probably, you know, they got Myers who's going to play, although he can play first base to start with Votto Not ready. Got Friedel out there. Senzel never stays healthy. Fraley. Yeah. Um, I think a name to keep an eye on. I don't think he's going to start the year with the team is Will Benson. I just took him in like round 34 of a draft champions league. Uh-huh. Uh, he's he's got some elite power, big guy, 6'5, 230. Came over from Cleveland. So uh he might might not be there to start the year, but I think a guy to keep an eye on um to see if it comes up during the season. But yeah, I mean, look, you want some of those uh Reds players in that park. We just seen, you know, you saw jury go there and just have a career year uh so this is the best park that will myers has ever played in. i know there's injury risk with him but uh i'm open to him it seems though that the price is a it, it has risen a little bit it, it's cost a little more to get him but i'm still open to taking him oh brian de la cruz from miami
0: they love gets, him over yeah, in miami like my they've, they've, they've locked in on him as their uh
1: their starting left fielder his September last year. And it's one month, but they said he struggled. They sent him down to the minors to work on pitch recognition, specifically the change up. Boy, he came up and his stat cast numbers were ridiculous. So um uh, definitely like him as well. So yeah, I mean, look, there's some there's some decent guys that you can get late. They're all not gonna hit, but um willing to take a, a few of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm 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 in on a lot of those names. Um I don't know how you feel about Michael Conforto in San Francisco. I kind of like the spring that he's having right now. He's um <coughs> excuse me, he's shown some uh, some some nice power there. Um I agree with you that I would like to see Austin Meadows on a on a rebound. I don't necessarily know if that's happening. Um I'm trying to think of like I'm just looking at the uh at the back end of the rankings here and trying to figure out um who else you mentioned Garrett Mitchell. You know who I, I – mean, we've talked Brendan Donovan before, so we don't need yeah. to
1: – I look at him like more than the infielder, but I know he has alpha eligibility.
0: Well, that's the thing, man. I love grabbing him late. I did it in a mock draft that we were doing for, uh, for the Fantasy Alarm draft guide last night. Um, and yeah, and Donovan was like sitting there in like round 20. And I was like, ah, you know – First base eligibility, third base eligibility, second base eligibility. Oh, look, outfield eligibility. Like I love having those guys, those type of guys, especially when you're talking about like a league where you can make daily roster moves. It just makes it, it just gives you so much flexibility in your roster. So much flexibility. Um trying to think. I mean, you kind of landed on a number of the guys who I've been Targeting and drafting recently, um you know, I took a shot on just for shits and giggles, man, just to see what happens. Just a tip, Adam, just to see how it felt. I took Cody Bellinger in a draft. Wind's blown out at Wrigley. Maybe the pressure's off him a little bit being on a on a on a lesser team like the Cubs than the Dodgers. I kind of feel like Bellinger could show some power again
1: um. I'm I'm kind of torn on him. I mean, look, he had 19 homers, 14 steals last year. But if the Dodgers can't fix you, isn't that a red flag? Um, I don't know. Is that is that considered yeah. a
0: red flag if the Dodgers can't fix you? I mean, you?
1: look at what the Dodgers do, man. I mean, look at all the pitchers that have gone to – I mean, that's the reason why I'm interested in Noah Syndergaard. It's because he's on the Dodgers. Look what they did with every pitcher they bring in. Okay, but Cody Bellinger doesn't pitch. I know, but even hitters, too. I mean – Guys go to the Dodgers and are really good. And if the Dodgers couldn't bring back Bellinger on a one-year deal, that tells you they don't have confidence in him. And the and Bellinger's big year was 2019 when everyone was hitting home runs. Well, yeah, that's because they were using, as Jim Bowden puts it, they're using a golf ball
0: instead of a baseball.
1: Right. And so guys who have that big year at 19 and then don't do anything since, you got to be careful. Um, I don't know what's happened the last two years, man. Strikeout rate is is high. His walk rate is down. He just looks bad. I mean, again, you—if you get twenty homers, fifteen steals, you'll be happy. The key is what are the counting stats going to be, and how bad is the average? It was two ten last year, one sixty five and twenty one. I mean, and that's right. over nine hundred at bats. So we're not talking a small sample here. We're talking nine hundred at bats. So I don't know. I haven't drafted him anywhere yet. I took him once just to just like I said, just to see
0: how it felt, see what happened. Get I mean, an STD. Did I get it? No, 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 no. Well, wait, are genital warts considered an STD? Yeah, I think they are, buddy. Oh, really? <laughs> I just thought that that was like, you know, like penis braille so
1: that when I mean, you're having sex okay, with a blind person. Tell, they you can tell a girl, hey, um, I have genital warts, what do you think? Do you think she'll sleep with you? Maybe she takes a pin and she tries to
0: pop them a little bit so that I you mean, just then lubricate then, then self-lubrication.
1: And really, she really cares about you and you should marry her. <laughs> and this is why we get nominated for awards.
0: <laughs> um, who's the one outfielder, Adam, who you love? You just haven't been able to draft him. People are jumping the uh jumping the ADP on you. Um, and then you don't wanna you don't wanna bump him up too much. Um, who's the one outfielder that, that you just, you can't seem to get your hands on.
1: Let's see. Um, I don't think I have any Lars Newport, so I would say him and I'm trying, I think I do have a Garrett Mitchell, but definitely not as much as I want. I know someone took him in tout. I was kind of upset about that. Um, so yeah, th- I'd say those, those two guys, <coughs> those two guys for me, a Taylor ward. Oh, I, I took, where did I? T- oh, I took Ward in tout. It's OVP. I took him in tout. I think it it was, might've been early, but again, you got to throw that out the window. because it's OVP. I think I took him in around seven, I believe, but yeah, I like him.
0: I like him a ton. I like him leading off. I love the fact that he'll have trout and Otani hitting behind him. He's going to get plenty of pitches to see. He's going to get plenty of, uh, you know, time on base. The run scored should be great. Um, I'm not looking at him for stolen bases because why would you run him if you've got Trout and Otani right behind him? But yeah, man, like I've got him like just on the cusp of my top 30 for the outfield. And I just never seem to be able to get him in drafts. People just keep jumping on me and uh and and I'm like, all right. I mean, I just I'm not gonna reach too high up for him and, and push him to a spot where he really doesn't, you know, where it's not it's not affordable. You know, you're not getting any value out of it.
1: Which yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, because the outfield is kind of thin. Like in my 12 team, he went in round nine. Actually, one pick before me, I might have taken him, had he fell to me.
0: And then in the in the realm of, i um, You know, there are times where you're just really fucking happy that you're drafting in in January and February, uh, because the helium on. Uh, Jordan Walker. Oh, my is not, He went in the eighth round of a 12 team mock last night.
1: The eighth my, round. Mine, he went first pick of round eight. This was Friday night. So this was before the shoulder issue, which is apparently not a big deal because I believe he's back in the lineup now.
0: Yeah, he was back in the lineup yesterday. Actually. Right.
1: So, yeah, man. I mean, it's just such a high price.
0: Yeah. I've got him, I've got him in tout. I, I I didn't, I didn't take him until late. I think I've got him in like three leagues. Um, and and I don't think I, I went higher than like the 17th round for him. And now I can't fucking get him.
1: Yeah, now it's forget it. And then once they make an official announcement that he makes a team, it's going to be even higher because the same thing happened with Julio Rodriguez last year. And I think that's what people are doing. They're like, oh, Julio Rodriguez all over. I don't think it is, man.
0: Um, I don't necessarily. I don't think it is either. I mean, I love Jordan Walker. I really do. I think that it's, you know, it's fantastic play. But you know, um, you know, big league, big league pitchers are going to figure out. Like that's the thing right now is that you look at Jordan Walker and it doesn't look like he's got any holes in his swing, which is very impressive for a guy who's what six five, six six.
1: Yeah. To have a have guy
0: that. who's like that tall.
1: Yeah, bigger, bigger strike zone too. Um, and didn't, didn't play in triple a, you know, played at a, a high and double, uh, and double a all last year. So skipping triple a, I mean, look, he's been impressive so far in the spring, but, uh, you're, you're paying for the ceiling right now. And it's only going to get where, uh, you know, the price is only going to go up if they officially announce he's making the team.
0: Yeah. What about Corbin Carroll? I've seen Corbin Carroll now go in the uh, fifth and sixth round.
1: I've seen him go in the third and fourth round and I think he's another guy. Yeah, man. Like again, (laughs) it's, I know they just signed him to a contract, eight year, $111 million deal. We know he's got insane speed. You could just watch him and yeah, he's fun to watch, but I don't know if the power is going to be there. The speed will, but yeah, people are paying a very high price tag and we did see him a little bit at the major league level last year, 27% strikeout rate, Four homers, two steals in 32 games. So uh, we know he's going to play. But yeah, I mean, he is going very, very high. He went uh, late fourth round in my 12 team league, and Jeez. I've seen him. I've seen him go in the third, third round of some 15 team leagues now. Too rich for my blood, my man. Too rich yeah. for my blood. I guess if you start three bats with no speed and you want the speed, uh, okay, but you're kind of overpaying for it. You're definitely overpaying for it. Nobody I mean, look, out. you look at last year. See, and that's the thing. People were like, well, look at Julio Rodriguez. Look at Bobby Witt. Okay, and there's a lot of rookies that don't come through. I'm all for taking them, but you're talking about high price tags now for these guys where yeah. you need them to hit their ceiling. Well,
0: isn't that? I mean, that's, that's kind of the way that, that most rookies go night, right now. I mean, it really has. I remember, God damn, I remember when it was, uh, was it 2001 when Pujols came in? um basically from out of nowhere third base for the for the Cardinals they said that they were going to send him back down they finally turned around and said that they were going to you know hold him there and and with the season that he had from that point on and I mean it's kind of crazy but from that point on the elevation of rookies has been tremendous and then when you get guys like Trout and Harper coming into the league I mean now it's like it's it's insane so yeah to see julio rodriguez uh produced like that last year and now it's like now corbin Carroll and jordan walker all have like these crazy high price tags and you know you just you see the elevation of rookies i'm not anti-rookie by any stretch of the imagination i love rookie power hitting third baseman yum 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 yum
1: but yeah and and i was in on wit last year i got him in a couple leagues julio rodriguez i didn't get anywhere but i had him ranked very high um I had him even when I had him top thirty in the outfield. Uh, So I just everyone else was just going like crazy for him. So I couldn't get him, but I definitely had him ranked high.
0: Uh, Once the inflation starts, once the helium starts for uh, for for rookies, it's it's really tough to contain. Really tough to contain. So, um, all right, let's go from the outfield to the pitching. Let's uh, let's talk about it here Uh, again. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of schools of thought where you can wait on pitching. Uh, You got to attack pitching, you know, early. I found that in a 15 team league. I don't mind taking a pitcher or two on the early side, and we could actually we can combine starting pitching with closers at this point because the the high end elite closers like Hader, uh, Diaz, and Classe, these guys are going like late second, early third round. Um, I've seen these guys go. So you know, I, I'm I, you know in a 15 team league, I'm fine doing that. In a 12 team league, though, I don't mind waiting on the starting pitching a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think you can. I'm trying to get one of the top closers, and I've been pretty successful in doing that. Uh, Tal has actually waited till round six and got Felix Batista. Um, actually, there was a couple guys that went ahead of him that I have Batista ranked ahead of. I don't know if that was because people were concerned with Batista's, you know, injuries, but he did make his spring debut on Monday or Tuesday and was fine. So maybe he goes back up. But I was uh, considering that I waited. Uh, I got two pitchers in rounds four and five and then came back with Batista. I was happy in my 12 team NFBC online championship on Friday. I took Rosselli Glacius round five. I really like him a lot. So I'm trying to get one of those top closers for sure. And then I'll kind of piece it together, um, take a chance on someone late work the waiver wire um, because a lot of those mid tier closers suck or don't have the job. Um, But I do want to try and get one. Yeah. I think we're pitching, you, you can, you can wait a little bit this year. You know, I think there's some good pitchers in the rounds four five and six that I have uh, confidence in. Um, and there's solid pitchers throughout the draft. So, um, I'm not going to take an extreme approach where I'm going to oh, start with eight bats. I, I don't think I'm going to go like that, but I think All you right. could start with three, four bats and then grab some pitching along the way. Um, well, you also kind of always say, you got to read the draft room. Like when I was in Tad, I could see, I'm like, okay, they're pushing pitching down. So I started with three bats and then I said, okay, now I like a couple of the arms here. So I'm going to come back with two arms and a closer and it and it worked out. Um, so I think it, it all depends. Um, you know, I, like my online championship, I waited until round four for my first pitcher, got Iglesias around five. And then there was kind of, I seen another run of pitching and wanted to grab one of those arms. So uh, yeah, I think you just kind of want to see what the how the room is playing it. You know, it's always important to know your competition. You're in your home league. You know how it goes. You know uh, the run on pitching usually. And if it changes, you kind of just read the draft room and, and draft accordingly.
0: Yeah, and in, uh, in a 12-teamer that I did last night, again, you know, mid-second round, Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole. I had the second pick overall. Um, started off with Acuna. Then uh, in the second round, uh, Burns, Cole, and Alcantara all came off the board. I took Lindor, um, and then it came back around for me for, uh, for for round three. And I was debating taking Edwin Diaz there, um, but I didn't. I was just I was like, all right, let me see what happens here as far as the closers go. I'll, I'll make sure that I attack in four or five if I uh, if I have to. So I grabbed Matt Olson. You know how much I love him. I grabbed him in the third, and then two picks later, Edwin Diaz came off. Then Verlander, uh, and then it was like late in the draft: McClanahan, Classe, all all six in a row here: McClanahan, Classe, Degrom, Strider, Woodruff, Scherzer, uh, and then uh, and then Mullins. Then it was Nola, and by the time it got to me, Hater was still on the board. Boy, the Nola Ford, so went like, that
1: Nola went that late.
0: Nola went, uh, yeah, four, fourth, fifth pick of round four. That is a, a, 12, steal.
1: A, That's a steal. In a 12 teamer Nola is just so reliable, man. The guy yeah. goes out there, makes starts. I know if you look at his numbers, they're kind of erratic from year to year. He had the 4.63 ERA two years ago, although a lot of that was kind of some bad luck. But the guy's made at least 32 starts in four of the last five full seasons, excluding 2020. And, um, Doesn't walk guys strikeouts are solid. You know, you're going to get around 200 innings for him. I just think he's a real reliable pitcher.
0: Very reliable guy. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You can, you can build a, a great staff, you know, around him and use him as your ace. I, I agree. Um, it got to me at the end of round four and Hader was still on the board. So I grabbed him and then Bieber went. And so then it was my pick again. I was like, do I go for a starting pitcher here? And I'm looking, it's like, you know, Rodon, Manoa, Wheeler, Freed, Cease, you know, I mean, good guys, but guys that, you know, weren't like really crazy. So I was like, ooh, Luis Castillo's likely going to be, you know, he, he could be available to me for my pick. And wouldn't you know it, he went the pick right before me. But so with round six and seven, I started off my starting pitching: Framber Valdez and Zach Gallen, two guys who I I like a lot. They're they're not you know, I mean they're they're the number ones on their team, but <clears throat> you know neither you know none of them. You're not going to confuse them with Corbin Burns or Sandy Alcantara. you know, could call confuse them with Justin Verlander. But I felt like it was just a, a good solid anchor to to have there. So I went Valdez Gallon. And then like three picks later, I ended up with George Kirby. And then four picks after Kirby. Kirby was in the tenth. In the fourteenth, I took Charlie Morton and then came back around in the fifteenth and took Grayson Rodriguez. So I kind of felt pretty good about the, you know, the pitching staff for a twelve teamer, also because you know that there's gonna to be tons of pitching sitting on the waiver wire.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a multitude of ways to build your pitching in a twelve. So um, I don't think it's absolutely necessary to take guys early. I think you could still get some good arms as you showed there. <clears throat> yes, I, uh,
0: I I agree with that. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do pitching the way we did uh, outfielders there. Uh, mid mid round guys who uh, you find yourself kind of targeting on the regular.
1: Uh, let's see. I would say. Let's Nestor Cortez, um, Alex Cobb. I like a lot, did last year too. Adding another pitch, uh, let's see. Um, I'm warming up to Chris Sale, don't have him yet. Uh, Charlie uh, Morton, Jeffrey Springs, Joe Ryan, Jordan Montgomery, Drew Rasmussen, Reed Detmers, Pablo Lopez, Brady Singer. Hunter Brown, if the price doesn't get too high, I know he's had a little bit of some control problems in the spring. Uh, but Brady Brady Singer, yeah, Ugh, I don't like him. Uh, John Gray, Patrick Sandoval, uh-huh. Trevor Rogers, Jamison
0: Tyone.
1: Yeah, those are those are some guys.
0: Those are some guys. Those are a couple, a few of my favorite names there. Um, let's see. Um, I don't mind taking, I like Nick, Nick Lodolo. I love him. Um, I think he's, he's worth looking at. I like Joe Ryan's uptick in velocity. I might give him a look. I do like Pablo Lopez. They're also for the twins. I know that there's, there's risk involved as far as the shoulder goes, but, um, I don't hate that. Uh, what do you think of Jesus Lizardo?
1: Yeah. Year. I like him. I mean, you know, not a great team, not a great defense, but you know, definitely has good stuff. And when he's healthy, he's been good. Yeah.
0: Um, I like Jeffrey Springs. I don't mind drew Rasmussen. Um, I'm going to take a shot on Pat Patrick Sandoval. I know two years ago, everybody was all hyped about him and and he didn't deliver. Um, I think a lot of people forget the fact that he's only 26 years old still.
1: His thing is I, just improving command. Like he's got a nasty yeah. change up. His walk, walks have always been a problem for him. Um, he does not give up home runs at all. He allowed eight home runs last year at 148 two thirds innings. His career home run per nine is 1.01. It was 0.48 last year. Um, I guess the, uh, so the thing with him is the whip and because of the walks, because I had him last year in a couple of leagues he had a 1.34 whip. So it, it's going to take, uh, cutting down those walks because those walks are what keeps that whip at where it is 9.4% walk rate last year. So that's going to be the key. He's got to improve that to take that step up because I think a lot of people don't look at whip enough and that was his problem. So I'd like to see him throw more first pitch strikes. It was only 58% last year. Got to get that higher. Um, but he's got a lot of ability. I guess the other thing is Angels look like they're going with a six-man rotation again, so that limits the two start weeks.
0: Are they? Are they going to do that? Are they going to do the six-man rotation? Uh, you got to figure if they, if they, if they don't have the intent to sign Otani or re-sign Otani, then it makes more sense for them to just stick with the five-man rotation and get as much out of them as you can.
1: Yeah, you would think that, but I, I believe they're still going to go with a six-man. Oh, could change. Angels. I mean, they could change.
0: Oh, angels. Why, why, why? Um, I'll take a shot on Sean Mania late. His ADP is really low. You want to talk about like how the Dodgers fix players? I like how the Giants fix players as well. You know, yeah. and Farhan Zaidi, when he brings somebody in, like, you know that the due diligence is done on the player. So I might actually take a look at Sean Mania uh, because I mean, obviously, I love that ballpark um, for him, and I mean it's super spacious. And you know, even the right-handed, you know, the right-handed bats, uh, it's it's not an easy home run for them. It really is not in uh, in, in that park. So I'll take a look at Shawmanaya a little bit later on in the in drafts. Um, who else? I'm seeing if I can look further down, but no, no. No, Ooh, Zach Eflin with Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I've, I even liked him with Philly, but going to Tampa should be good for him. Another yeah. team that knows what they're doing. I mean, they've turned Ross around. They
0: certainly have. They certainly have. Um, all right. Starting pitching closers. I think we've we've done closers ad nauseum. Haven't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, very few at the top, and then you're really going to have to piece it together and pay attention to depth charts, and um, you're going to take several shots on um, set-up men or guys that look like they could be the closer. That's what I've been doing. Jimmy Herget took late, Reynaldo Lopez, so take chances with guys like that. Hopefully, they get the closer. Role. If not, cut them and move on.
0: Cut them and move on. I can dig that one for sure. <laughs> as I sit here with all these shares of Jose LeClerc.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got one. I got one. Oh, boy. All
0: right. Well, I think as far as drafting goes, people, listen, you know, at Adam Ronas on Twitter, at Roto Buzz Guy on Twitter, you got questions, you know, you're sitting in your draft room. Fantasy Alarm, we've got a uh, on our Discord, if you subscribe to Fantasy Alarm and you're part of our Discord, uh, we've got a, a a fantasy baseball draft uh, room specifically that if you're in there uh, and you're drafting, you got questions, we guarantee you somebody's going to answer it and answer in a very, very timely fashion as well. So, uh, you know, if, if that's uh, uh, worthwhile to you, you know, you might as well just subscribe, get all the MLB DFS, all the other shit that we throw out there. I mean, there's tons of stuff. Uh, at Fantasy Alarm that you're not going to want to miss uh, for sure, including uh, all the NBA stuff that we've got. Let's hit a little NBA before we get on out of here. Adam, what are you looking at for, uh, for this weekend as the, uh, as the NBA season starts to uh, starts to wrap up a little bit more?
1: Yeah. I mean, now it's just the constant daily situation with players being ruled in and ruled out. So um We're seeing players rest on back-to-backs. Anthony Davis wants to play, but the team, he said the team doctors and medical staff don't want him to play back-to-back. So, um, you know, he was in a great bounce-back spot on Wednesday after two bad games, and I liked his props It came through. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, look uh, for some value spots. Maybe you're going to look at the stars when they're playing in big spots. And then, um, you know, with Dallas, they've been without Luka, Doncic, and Kyrie Irving. So, uh, Jaden Hardy and Josh Green are two guys to look at for DFS and props uh, because they have to do so much more with those guys out. So, um, yeah, I mean, we had a situation with Cleveland. They were without Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen. So, you're kind of just looking for spots with teams that are shorthanded. Um, you know, Devin Booker's been crushing it because Kevin Durant been is still out. Uh, going to miss time. Um, Giannis came back, played back-to-back two huge games. Uh, I've been saying it for most of the year. I like Milwaukee to come out of the East, and now they have a three-game lead over Boston. Uh, Boston's been struggling lately. Denver's been struggling. So yeah, I mean, we're just looking for spots with the stars in, in a good spot and you know, some value when uh, players are out that opens up props uh, that could be lower on the board because those players have not had typical numbers and uh, McHale bridges for the nets, man. This dude is just like his prop last night was 24 and a half points. And once again, uh, he had, he had <laughs> I think he had 34. Yeah. He had 34. So since he's averaging 28.1 in March and we're getting his prop at 24 and a half, 25 and a half, I believe they play Sacramento on Thursday. Go keep, keep hammering it, man. I mean, the guy has had, his last seven games, 38, 33, 30, 10. And that's only because they played him in the first quarter and sat him the rest of the game. And the coach, Jock Vaughn before the game said, yeah, we're probably going to monitor bridges minutes tonight. The books had his prop at 24 and a half after that quote came out it went down to 19 and a half. So that was the telltale sign. And he played 12 minutes the first quarter at 10 points. Then he came back with 34, 25 and 34. So he's averaging 19 shots from the field in the month of March. And that's with that game where he played one quarter and at 13. So he has become the main guy for the nets and they're going to continue to put his number at 24 and a half, 25 and a half, man. We, we just got to go over and uh, same thing for his teammate Spencer Dinwiddie on assist. Um, It was at, it was at a eight and a half on Tuesday night. And uh, he had double digits, his last three games, 11, 16 and 11. So, you know, rockets are a team to look at too. For some props, Jabari Smith has been playing phenomenal uh, rookie who has really come on strong three straight double doubles. So his points rebounds look at and Kevin Porter as well, just recently came back rebounds and assists. Um, and then, you know, the usual Joel Embiid keeps crushing. Um, yeah. So it's a, it the West is going to be an interesting finish. It's all bunched up. Uh, Seeding is going to be crazy. I mean, now all of a sudden golden state is the fifth seed. They started to play better. They've won seven of 10. Uh, we know Phoenix will be dangerous with Durant, um, so I thought the West was kind of wide open. But I'm starting to think there's only like three teams that could come out of the West now.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of figured it was going to narrow a little bit uh, at, at some point or another. All of a sudden, everybody starts realizing that yeah, it just kind of yeah, they 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 could, but not no, nope, probably not. Um, All right. Well, cool. Adam's article uh, drops on Pixwise.com for some props on Friday. Make sure you take a look at that. Uh, Again, everything over at Fantasy Alarm for the draft guide for the MLB draft guide. That's all free. Just go to FantasyAlarm.com. You see the banner right there. It points you in the right direction. Uh, If you're interested in doing any mock drafts, I'm running a couple between now and the start of the season. So, uh, you can hit me up at uh, Howard at FantasyAlarm.com or uh, Roto Buzz Guy uh, on Twitter and uh, and tell me you want in. Uh, and uh, yeah, Adam, enjoy the uh, the Tout Wars broadcast this weekend, man. I hope you have a blast with everybody.
1: Yeah, hopefully. First time they're doing it live uh, since uh, two thousand nineteen. Hard to believe.
0: Really is hard to believe. No doubt. No doubt. Well, that's what happens when you get all those old guys and COVID's going. Everybody's you know no nobody wants to take any chances. We're, all us all, all us over 50s are, uh, are at risk.
1: Yeah, not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all over 50 and we're overweight. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Cash It. Uh, as always, thank you, everybody, for listening, for liking, subscribing, all that fun stuff there. Uh, for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.